welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. In 1945, Mrs. Amy Rice spoke to the Brattleboro Memorial Hospital Auxiliary and presented the following early history of the hospital to the group. Any story of Brattleboro's Memorial Hospital is incomplete without knowledge of its background. The Thomas Thompson Trust Fund. Until a few years ago, before the institution was chartered in 1904, few people in this region had knowledge of the existence of a will whose terms made Brattleboro beneficiary of a substantial fortune. In 1840, Thomas Thompson a Bostonian possessed of great wealth, met Elizabeth Rowell. Elizabeth had grown up in a log cabin in Linden, Vermont. She was brought up under great hardships with practically no schooling and at nine years of age was hired out to domestic service. Thompson met her on one of his numerous carriage drives through Vermont. He was 20 years her senior, a bachelor living with his mother and sisters, a Harvard graduate and a man of much culture who had inherited a fortune. At the time, Elizabeth was 19 years old. In December 1843, they were married. Jumping ahead to the summer of 1861, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson were boarders at Bliss Farm. During their stay at this lovely spot overlooking the Connecticut River, they became interested in this town, particularly in some elderly sewing women who were living frugally in order to save something for their old age, as it was considered a disgrace to be on the town. It is said that as the couple watched the river flow by, contemplating the summer beauty of the valley, Mr. Thompson began discussing what should be included in his will. Mrs. Thompson recommended that the interest from his fortune should be left to benefit her during her lifetime. Then she went on to suggest that at her death, the money should go to the sewing women of Brattleboro and Rhineback, New York, where they had spent so many pleasant summers over the years. It is important to remember that this was in 1861, and Brattleboro was a beehive of sewing women gathered here to make garments for soldiers in the Civil War. There were no machines to speak of at that time, and all garments were made by hand. Wages of sewing women were notoriously low, and poor sewing women was a phrase on everyone's tongue. Sewing was practically the only occupation open to women at that time and the emphasis Thompson's will places on the relief of poor seamstresses and needlewomen is readily understood. In Vermont, for instance, they were the largest wage-earning group working outside the home domestic service, the only other occupation. The cause of the sewing woman was being agitated all over the country and the first National Labor Congress in 1866 resolved that they would do everything possible to ameliorate the condition of the sewing woman of the country. There is little doubt that Mr. Thompson's education coupled with Mrs. Thompson's will to alleviate suffering brought them to agreement as to the beneficiaries under the will. Thomas Thompson died in 1869 and Miss Thompson came into a million dollar trust with an annual income of approximately $50,000. Her philanthropies from then until her death were many and in most cases went to better community living. Miss Thompson died in Littleton, New Hampshire in 1899 and the will her husband had drawn years before became operative in Brattleboro and Rhinebeck. The will stated that income from the trust fund should be used towards the relief and support of poor seamstresses, needlewomen, and shop girls, with any surplus applied to kindred charitable purposes in town.
The will was probated in Boston, and Mr. Richards M. Bradley was named one of the two trustees, since the Massachusetts courts claimed jurisdiction over the administration of the will's income. As a resident of Boston and a resident of Rattleboro, Mr. Bradley was a natural choice to administrator the funds. At the very outset, as might have been expected, the will was contested by relatives of Mr. Thompson, and in the contest, Bradley played the leading part since Rhinebeck residents were rather apathetic, although willing to take their share if the will were sustained. Two law firms, Waterman and Martin, and Clark Fitz were retained by this town. Mr. Fitz went to Rhinebeck and found it a residential town, half the size of Brattleboro. The court therefore sustained him in his contention that Brattleboro should receive two-thirds and Rhinebeck one-third of the income. In 1900, when the intent of the will was applied to the current circumstances, the courts were asked to determine how the money from the Thompson Trust should be distributed. At that time, the entire picture had changed from that of 1861. There were fewer sewing women in Brattleboro, and although they were named as direct beneficiaries, the court ruled that the phrase, kindred charitable purposes, would permit other activities including the building of a hospital. At the turn of the century, there was no graduate nurses in Brattleboro. When need required, they were imported from Springfield, Massachusetts, or Boston. Persons in need of surgical attention were obliged to go to Boston or other places with hospital facilities. The need of nurses in a hospital was so great that when the Thompson Fund actually became available to Brattleboro, Mr. Bradley attained the court's sanction to spend up to $100,000 on the accumulated income on building the hospital here. In 1904, Mr. Bradley brought the George Hall estate on Canal Street, known as the Hemlocks. A few older residents remember the lovely home set in a grove of hemlocks, with its fine stable of value racing horses, the best in Vermont. To some, it has always seemed fitting that the first patient at the hospital was Grand Circuit driver who broke his leg while horse racing at the Valley Fair. The Hall House was retained as a reception room and administration office, and the long one-story structure of brick, including rooms for patients, wards, operating room, and other departments, was constructed. In 1904, an act of the legislature incorporated the institution under the name the Hemlocks Hospital, but its Socratic suggestions did not meet the favor and it was changed to the Bravo Memorial Hospital. In November 1904, the hospital was opened to the public inspection and service. The first superintendent was Dr. Ida Brigham, a woman with 20 years experience, and she did much to get the hospital going in its early days. The real story of the hospital, the human story, is never known to the public, although doctors and nurses get a glimpse of it. A hospital is a world by itself, isolated yet inseparably linked with the community it serves. Within its walls, the whole scale of human emotions is played upon. Birth, death, joy, fear, hope, despair. 24 hours a day, 365 days in a year, it must be ready to meet any sort of an emergency, fully staffed and adequately equipped. This was the story Mrs. Amy Jones Rice shared with the hospital supporters in 1945. We are pleased to pass the story on to you. We would like to thank Jackson Pfeiffer, Wiley, Phil, Noah, Evan, Alex, Rose, Isabel, Evelina, and Mr. Rivers for reading this week in the Brattleboro History. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.